Guru Nation, welcome to episode 522 of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. In this episode, I interview my business partner, Chris Sauber, and we discuss justification and rationale in clinical research from all perspectives, but specifically we hone in on the operational side as well as the budget, contract, and negotiating side. So there's a lot in here for site owners. We kind of get a little bit into the weeds, just a little bit, not a lot. And I think there's some benefits here for other people trying to learn more about the industry as a whole. Uh, key topics are GCP is the umbrella that covers everything, followed by the protocol, followed by the site individual SOPs. But sometimes those things get disrupted by CRA preferences, CRO preferences, site preferences, etc. So complicated issue. We try to make it simple in 20 minutes or so. Check out YouTube memberships, $9.99 a month. You're going to get so much benefits out of it. It's a monthly Zoom call with all the other YouTube members in there. It is live, exclusive live streams just for the members. It's exclusive videos sometimes just for the members. And it's also early access to some of the interviews that I do. So check that out. Also in the show notes, check out CRA Academy, CRC Academy, links in the show notes. And finally, if you need more studies for your site, need help negotiating budgets, need help creating SOPs, creating source, need a shoulder to cry on. If you're a site, either starting a site or running a site, text me 949-415-6256. With all that being said, enjoy the show. Guru Nation, welcome back to another episode of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. This is 23 minutes ahead of our Latinos in Clinical Research webinar, which everybody needs to go subscribe on that website right now, latinosinclinicalresearch.com. No matter your race, ethnicity, sexual orientation, or anything, that's where you want to go, latinosinclinicalresearch.com. You don't want to miss out on I'm free prepared. monthly webinars, free giveaways. Chris was one of our first subscribers. So, I mean, I this, he knows what's up. He knows what's up. So today, Chris is on, as you can see, um, my business partner, my jolly business partner. Jolly, and, yeah. and, <laughs> like Santa Claus. Yes, the ever-optimistic Chris Sauber. We're uh, here to talk about rationale and justification in research. And it, it's going to extend across operations, budgets. I mean, this is probably one of our most, a variation of this theme is one of, is our most frequently asked questions during potential client calls, which we've been getting a lot of, which if you are interested in getting more studies for your site, text me 949-415-6256 and schedule a consultation call with myself and my jolly business partner, Jolly. Chris That's Hopper. my new nickname. New, new nickname, Jolly. Okay, great. Let's try it out for a second and see. <laughs> So, Chris, what do you think? We get this question a lot. Hey, Dan, I'm going to start a site. Can I use my MA as a coordinator? Can well, I do this? It, yeah. Can I do can this? I do can this? I do this? Whatever that? it might be. Can I use a, a residential facility as an inpatient unit? Can I have a pharmacist be a sub-I? Can I have my NP cover for my satellite site while I'm a PI at both sites? Can I, can I, can I, can I? And just they just this... go further and further. Can I use my receptionist as a coordinator? So It just never ends. So we're going to, this is a necessary podcast. So just took a question 
uh, from a new client just yesterday about this. So, oh, they signed um, up. Yeah, yeah, it's a new client. They signed up. Um, I think Thursday of last week. Okay. Um, they were filling out some questionnaires uh, mm -hmm. that we send them. Right, fill out these questionnaires so that you're on these different sponsors lists. Right on. And they didn't understand one of the questions about pharmacy, and so they asked, "Do we have to have a pharmacy?" And I said, "Well." You know, it depends on because it differs for each sponsor. They may just be talking about your setup at the site, or is it a you know legitimate pharmacy like CVS? And I said for this, I would just answer yes. And they said, okay, so who's the pharmacist then? Who can I use? And I said, well, you know, the coordinator can be the pharmacist in this particular instance. <laughs> that what that the way that we're framing it, right? So yeah, these questions are very common, very common, and you know we help. When you're a client, we help you uh, answer these questions. Now, so they, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, I was just going to say we're going to kind of delve into that here to maybe alleviate some of those questions. We're going to take a um, Michael Phelps deep dive into this topic. Correct, deep dive. Well, he's not a diver; he's a swimmer. Bad analogy, but we're going to swim right through these questions. So basically, like I, Chris always asked me, "How did you pass?" college uh while only going to like 20 percent of your classes that's not entirely true it was my last two years where i did that but the answer is i didn't memorize i understood concept like the most important concepts once you understand concepts that's when you can pretty much answer your own questions more or less like more or less you're not gonna get everything right but it's an it's satisfactory right mm -hmm. so that's same right. thing in research like don't memorize you know, I need 1,500 square feet for a site or a uh, study coordinator needs to be well-versed on GCP 21 CFR. Don't memorize that stuff. Understand the common themes, which are all the responsibility of the study is up to the PI and almost everything within GCP and within the protocol of the operations at that site is up to the discretion of the PI. Mm -hmm. And GCP within is very within vague. Reason. Within reason. Within reason. Of course, the sponsor has to approve it too. Yep. Uh, so just because you want to do something doesn't mean sponsor is going to say yes. But usually sponsors really only care about can you get us patients and can you maintain your obligations as a PI as far as patient safety and data integrity. So if you have rationale or justification for anything really, Within reason, the sponsor is going to say yes, but I want to, you know, hear me. Let me hear you out. Why is it that you think mm -hmm. your residential facility is better than a hospital for a phase so, one unit or a thousand other examples? So to even go a little deeper into that, there's there's so few rules in this industry, like just strict rules. Um, they're all open to interpretation and all the sponsors, for whatever reason, want to interpret the rules differently. Um, They're allowed to. They're the ones paying for it. Right. Uh, absolutely. Um, but a good example would be um, one of the last investigational meetings you and I both went to, I believe. Um, <laughs> oh, man. It was in San Diego. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if you recall, but they were discussing how they're always getting calls. So even the sponsor gets these calls um, on BMI, right? So their BMI restriction was something like 18 to 30. I don't remember what it was, but let's just say 18 to 30. 
and they would get a call, hey, I got this patient, they're 30.5, can they enroll in a study? And they just said at the IM, we no longer want these calls. Do not call us with this. <laughs> You're the PI, you make the decision, right? And you write your, your rationale in your progress note and you deal with the FDA if that becomes an issue. <laughs> right. Right? Because they, they just didn't want to take those calls anymore. That's right? a good approach, but the FDA would also hold the sponsor accountable sure, for that. Sure, sure. But I, I, but I get I, where they're coming from. I would all prefer you recall this? Yes. you recall this? Yes, yeah. and I would actually prefer that kind of a sponsor. Yeah, exactly. But, but a lot of sponsors would say, no, the protocol says this. That's what the inclusion exclusion criteria says. You must follow it. If it's 30.5, that's over 30. <laughs> so you, it's just different for each sponsor, each study. And unfortunately, there's just no black and white. Yeah. Now, this is for the, this podcast is really I mean, it applies to anybody who wants to learn, but it really is aimed at the site owners or site directors, because if you're a coordinator at a large academic medical center or even a small one, this doesn't mean you could do whatever you want. Or even for that matter, if you're a PI at one of these places, you have to operate not only within GCP and the protocol, but you have to operate within the confines of your site standard operating procedures. Mm -hmm. So... This is really aimed at the physicians or business people that want to start their own sites or have started take, their own sites and have these kind of questions. And I would take that one step further. You have to operate within whoever's employing you or, or paying you to perform the study. You have to operate within their SOPs as well because they have certain SOPs in regards to sites. This is true. And you don't even know what they are. So this is half true. the time. You get, I mean, a perfect example of this is on the archiving, you know, study records, how long you're supposed to keep them. I, there is, I've, there is no rule anywhere. But there's a very vague rule in the CFR. It's three years after the drug is no longer being ex, uh, experimented on or studies have ended, right? But the sponsors go well beyond that. It's something like that. Um, I read it last I read it was like six months ago, but it's something <laughs> right. like that. Um, but the sponsors go well beyond that, right? I've seen as much as you've seen 25 years. I think you said I've seen 20, 35. Holy crap. That's it a was a time. European. It was a European sponsor. Yeah. 35 years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, good luck to them, you know, but that's just an excellent example of the difference between the disconnect between sponsors and the FDA. Absolutely. Right? So unfortunately that's just the way this business operates. Uh, everybody has their really, own rules it's not really the fda that complicates things the more i look at it you know it's every all the stakeholders getting involved and putting in their needs and wants and so you got like the site needs the pi needs the mm -hmm. sponsor the cro sometimes even the cras at a smaller level than the cro have their own preferences you know we've been we've had monitors who have been sticklers for doing things their way even though nobody says that's the way we have to do it Sponsor doesn't care. Even mm -hmm. the CRO didn't care. FDA certainly doesn't care. It's within the protocol, but the CRA still insists, no, we w I want it done this way. So at the end of the day, what, what are you to do as a site owner? I mean, no wonder people are confused and asking all these questions. Sure, because there's truly no answer oftentimes. I mean, legitimately, there's often no answer, no simple yeah. answer. So you got to do, you got to take the approach that I took in college. Okay. 
<laughs> don't memorize because it's useless. It's useless to memorize. Oh, European sponsors need 10 years after drug approval or five years after last protocol on said IP. Who's going to remember this? Or PI and sponsor put it in the contract. You can negotiate those things. As long as it's in the contract, then you have to stick to that. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's it. Leave it at that. PI is responsible for the conduct of the study at their site. Sponsor is responsible for the overall conduct of the study at all their sites. Absolutely. So those are the that's the framework. And then there, I use the analogy of the three umbrellas. The biggest umbrella is GCP. Then it's the protocol. And then it's the site SOPs. So that's like your framework. And now you have to go from there. And here's the beautiful thing about being a site owner. You can create your own SOPs. And oftentimes sponsors are going to say, you know, if, if something comes up, if there's an issue, uh, sp- first thing sponsor is going to ask is, well, what does your SOP say about this? So you, as the site owner, you get to author your own SOP. You can even revise your SOP as long as it's, when, as long as it's within GCP guidelines. And for that particular protocol, obviously your SOP, the, the protocol takes precedent over your SOP at the study level. That's just the hierarchy of how things are. Uh, so don't memorize. Um, I would say stop asking these questions, but I know it's not going to stop. So keep asking them. But then our answer is always going to be usually yes, or usually the answer is you can do whatever you see fit if you're the PI or if you're the site owner. You gave me, I'm, I'm having difficulty coming up with my 30 questions for the final. I've, I've got about half of them. You just gave me an idea for at least one more question. Oh, good. You want to give a <laughs> bonus question and answer to any students that are actually watching this? Maybe they no. can get a freebie? No, no. Uh, no, Chris, no freebies. Chris went from jolly to the opposite of jolly <laughs> real fast. Sorry, guys. We tried to get you free point for the diligent ones that listen to the podcast. So I don't know. I mean, how does this extend to budgets? Because you get the rationale and justification topic on the operation side, which we kind of covered. And then you deal with it a lot on the budget side, negotiating contracts and budgets. So What's like, I mean, are there any rules in that arena or is it just uh, like the operation? So the rules for the most part, at least the ones that the sponsors try to hang their hat on in terms of how much they're going to pay the site is Sunshine Act and FMV. And it, and it just always cracks what's me that? up. So what's this? FMV. So FMV, fair market value. Okay. So, um, and it always cracks me up because whenever that's brought up FMV, it's always different for every sponsor, right? Well, we use this tool to determine, yeah, sure, sure you do, right? <laughs> we use Why the it's tool. $100 different than, than the other sponsor. We use the tool of common sense. Yeah, right. So where, where this comes into play, they will, many sponsors will reconsider um, what they're willing to pay you if you have reasonable rationale or justification. Um, oftentimes it's difficult to come up with that rationale. Um, at least that's acceptable to a sponsor, but oftentimes it's, there's something you can do, uh, hmm. some rationale, reasonable rationale. Um, it just depends on the sponsor as with the previous, uh, 20 minutes or 15 minutes 
of this conversation. Really? I mean, it depends on the sponsor, what they're willing to look at, what they're willing to accept. So basically, again, don't memorize the cost of your goods. I mean, it's helpful to have a sheet, you know, like an Excel sheet with like your benchmark costs mm. for yeah, what it costs you for most assessments, right? Like, you know, ICF is going to be in every budget. Yep. Uh, you know, there's like 80% of the things are going to be across every budget. And then every the variability is about 20%, you know, study to study. So then you get to hopefully have costs for most of these things or come up with them or come up with some rationale for it. Um, speak a little bit on the variability between budgets from the same sponsor, same study, different sites. Let's say a site that knows how to negotiate and a site that doesn't. I mean, what, what percentage like are we looking at difference? So the variability there, so I actually have had this happen just recently, um, three months ago, where two different sites, both got the same study, the exact same study from the same sponsor. And typically when that occurs, once you've negotiated the budget, they're willing to match that budget to, to another site, right? This particular sponsor said no, right? No, I'm not, we're not going to do that. And, and I'm sure this is the rationale just because I had a phone call with them. They didn't come out and say, you know, how they discuss things oftentimes. They're, they're not going to come out and say exactly what's happening, but you can kind of determine it when, from the way they beat around the bush, right? Um, basically, the one site had a, um, and the terms escaping me, um, when someone's important, doctor-wise. Key opinion uh, leader? There you go. Thank you. So they had a KOL. I'm pretty sure the doctor is a KOL. And this other site wasn't. There are clients. Both of them are our clients. Both are our clients. So you're negotiating both budgets. Right. So uh, I did the KOL first, and it was a really good budget, right? Well over what I would consider FMV, right? Mm -hmm. Doing this long enough, you know where the price point should be, right? Mm -hmm. What's fair, what's not. Mm -hmm. um, the other site, they would not match that KOL's budget, right? They said, nope, not going to do it. I said, well, that's, that's unreasonable, right? If you're willing to pay this site and they're both kind of in the same geographic area. I was going to ask you, is the geography yeah, different? Yeah, it's not. It's not. The, the cost differences are, are, I would say, minute at best. Okay. Right? So the difference was 20%. Hmm. The KOL had a 20% higher budget. Wow. Did they, and, they were and I was KOL on the phone with them a couple of times. Were they a KOL for that sponsor? Like, or just a no, KOL I don't think so. in general? So in general, I believe. So it's they like just, a bigger name, a bigger name PI. Exactly. They, they were very interested in, in the one PI and not so much in the other. They, they were willing wow. to walk away from the other. Really? If you insisted, if they, they basically told me, if you insist on matching that budget, we can't do that for this doctor. I see. So I had to go back and have a conversation with the site and said, you know, they're just not going to match that budget. So we tried to make a complex topic more simple. And I think we did that. And then at the end, we just made it even more complex. So sorry, guys. With but, the budgets, uh, <laughs> with the it's difficult at times. I mean, it's just, yeah. you know, it, it, there's a lot of variables in it in terms of what the sponsors are willing to do. Yeah. But that's a good example. It shows you, like, why it's important to have someone like DSCS in your corner if you're research naive or even if you're not i mean for our monthly fee it's only 1300 bucks a month as of 
June 8th, 2021. And, you know, we get studies, we do the budgets for you, we do help you with SOPs, source docs we create, we answer any questions, we're on call, we, we serve as your therapist at times when necessary. A lot, a lot. So, and, and most of our clients are very happy, but just keep in mind, we're not miracle workers. We're not, but we're, we're getting better. We try to improve every month, every year, oh, yeah. and we're playing the long game. So, all right. Thank you, Chris. That's my jolly business partner, Chris Arbor. Jolly. All right. We're, we're going <laughs> to, we are going to start the next webinar, Latinas in Clinical Research. So thank you everybody for watching, listening. Thank you, Chris, for joining me. Thank you and for having me. And hopefully it helps someone out. Take care.